Good afternoon, y'all. It's the mayor, the people's mayor, Monday Robinson, filling in for Dr. Richie. And I'm joined by the great Jackson White, host of uh, the YouTube's Politics and Paper. What's up, brother? How you doing today? Man, I'm all good. I'm coming to y'all live from New Jersey, looking like I'm the mascot for Sunny Delight with all this overexposure. But like I was saying, I'm a light, bright guy anyway. So what are you going to do? It's nothing I can do about it. But other than that, I've been much worse, which means I'm pretty good today. And it's good to be here with you. Thank you, brother. Good, good. Um, don't worry about that light bright. We, <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. This blackness coming all the all rays, brother. So we good. So, <laughs> all right. <laughs> let's get right into it, man. We got a we got a lot of stories. This first one is a doozy for sure. But um, let's jump right into it. There's a mom accused of killing her biracial sons. CPS warned prior. Listen at this. 32-year-old Tiffany Lucas, a Kentucky mother, has been held in custody on charges of fatally shooting her two young sons inside her their home on Wednesday, November the 8th. Police arrested the step uh, the Shepherdsville woman after a neighbor discovered the child in a bedroom inside their suburban Louise, I mean Louisville home. Jeez, the male neighbor said after he saw the mother collapse on a lawn chair outside the home, he ran into the house because he felt something was off. Something was off for sure. Emergency medical personnel rushed the boys to Norton Children's Hospital in Louisville, but both later died at the hospital while in surgery. The white mother will be charged with the murders of her two biracial children, nine-year-old Jaden and six-year-old Maurice. It was just a week earlier, per her Facebook post, the mother had taken her two sons out for Halloween and the family embraced a Star Wars theme. Listen, let me let me tell you all something real quick before we get in. There's more. There's more to go to with the background on the story. But but Jackson, this is why I'm trying to tell people what you see on Facebook ain't real life. This idea that we can judge people's mental health and what's going on in the houses uh, is always a facade. And it's the problem with social media. People automatically assume because people are doing things for clicks and likes and smiling on the camera. That ain't the case, man. And this is absolutely the worst case scenario. What, what are your thoughts, man? Absolutely. I think that's a, a really good point to bring up, because I think one of the things that's happened with social media, especially over like the last 15 ish years or so, you know, it's provided a lot of pros, but we didn't really know how it was going to explode so quickly. And just now we're able to see the effects of that. So not only can you not really tell what people are going through, but younger generations are legitimately living their lives through the social media experience. So I think that there needs to be a lot of um, at least education uh, surrounding the fact that, hey, kind of got to go outside and uh, get a little more to life, socialization skills and what have you. But it is important to know just because people look happy on social media doesn't necessarily mean that they are. So, you know, if you've got friends and family who you don't, you know, check in with that often, but they seem happy, go ahead and give them a call because they may need to hear from you more than you know. Indeed, man. I mean, we forget that this idea, this experiment called human humanity and human requires us to be in social, real social contact with people, not this social media. And speaking of social media, according to uh, the mother's friend, uh, upon learning about the murders, Taya Crutcher, Lucas' friend, expressed shock and disgust on social media. She wrote extensively about how the heinous act made her sick to her stomach, revealing that she had been with Lucas just days before. And that's according to the Atlanta Black Star. This is what her post said. God, I can only imagine the hell you've been putting your babies through all these years and they still love you. To know that you killed them even though they loved you so much. She had to be hearing voices or some type of mental illness because this is not the Tiffany I know. They may look like they had a good life, but clearly there were demons all throughout. Listen, 
This I, again, I mean, we we're not doctors and we shouldn't play doctors as soon as something happened, blaming every crime in this country, gun crime or something like, well, this is a gun crime, unfortunately, the worst kind on mental health issues. We we are not here to diagnose her. And if you were with her just a few days earlier, you didn't see signs of you've never said you saw signs of anything pertaining to mental health. So how is that the answer right now? And to continue in this story um, with the article from Atlanta Black Star, we also see, according to Bullitt County Chief Deputy Colonel Alex Payne, Lucas was a single mother raising the boys without paternal support. Payne also believed there was a demon somewhere, but didn't know what kind. Whether you think it's mental illness, just pure evil, a combination of both, it could be substance abuse, any combination thereof. Pick your poison. None of it's good. The results is horrific. And this is, of course, according to Payne. He also noted that there were other parents that no other parents could be contacted about the deaths. The father of one of the victims is deceased. The father of the other victim is unknown. Whereabouts are unknown. Other family members we got hold of and made notification, Payne explained. Now, this is sad because Jaden had an older brother, and his older brother, Darrell Howard, told WLKY he remembers his last time with the children. We just played a card game. It was as simple as that, and we had the best time, the best time ever, Howard recalled. Though he shared a father only with Jaden, their dad died in 2019. Howard was also a big brother figure to young Maurice, whose nickname was Peanut. Howard told WLKY he wished Lucas had reached out to him before taking their lives. We wanted them. We would have taken them with open arms. We loved them so much, he said in an interview, noting that uh, noting the mother had been called, had seen child protective authorities called on her multiple times over the years. There's one red flag. I should have did more. If it came to me snatching the boys out of the house, I should have. And I would uh, and I will hold that on my back for the rest of my life for both of them boys. The bereaved brother said, and that, of course, is according to Atlanta Black Star. Jax, I just want to bring you back in here. See, and this is what I'm talking about. We go on Facebook and we click like on pictures and we don't really dig into what's really going on. Why was CPS called multiple times to this household and then ignored these red flags popping up? And then the outcome is these two boys are shot, rushed to the hospital and die in surgery at the hand of their own mother. Well, I think that anytime you know, tragic and unfortunate uh, instances like this come up, it really gives us an opportunity to look at the importance of oversight. Because at the end of the day, you know, any government organization or any group of people, you can get lazy, you can get lackluster, you can just go through the motions. So, you know, the fact that CPS was called multiple times and nothing really happened from it is a good indication that things weren't really looked into very heavily. And at the end of the day, you know, uh, CPS is a federal program, so it's not like, you know, there's a lot of bureaucracy, so there's no real quick fixes. But again, this is why it's important to make sure that we're on top of these agencies. Otherwise, they're not going to work. And if they start to not work, then that's always a good argument for people who want to deregulate and cut taxes on important programs like this. Be like, see, it doesn't work. Look at how this happens. So first and foremost, we have to make sure that our government actually does its job. But secondly, again, we can't whoever was ahead of this should be replaced. You know, because we got two dead children on our hands now because things weren't looked into how they should have been. 
Yeah, and, and speaking of things not being looked in how they should have been, it's unclear, however, if CPS ever took actions um, on the family concerns. Per WLKY on Thursday, Lucas actually faced a judge who set her bun at $2 million, where with her hands folded across her chest, she said nothing and showed no emotion. This is not a sign of someone who was healthy, um, regardless of what was going on. And I think this is what we're talking about as it pertains to needing to be in community with people beyond social media and thinking that you reached out to someone or you had a conversation with them just because you said something on a post on Facebook. Speaking of posts, let's not even stop there and moving into this next story. Biden post compilation of Trump bad mouthing veterans. President Joe Biden and Donald Trump took to social media on Saturday to mark Veterans Day with the different messages. Biden took to X, formerly known as Twitter, to say, today we honor the story of our veterans, the story of our nations at its best. On Veterans Day, let's recommit to fulfilling one of our sacred obligations as a nation to prepare those who we send into harm's way and care for them and their families when they come home. Again, that's Biden's uh, post on Twitter, uh, formerly Twitter, now X. Biden adding that uh, as commander in chief, I have no higher honor. And as the father of a son who served, I had no greater privilege. Uh, the Biden campaign also made this video compilation of all the times Trump had reportedly bad mouth veterans. Let's roll this video. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured, okay? I hate to tell you. I like war heroes that aren't captured. Sorry, I got to tell you. This is what this came from someone talking about a war hero, John McCain, who, who actually did not dodge the draft for the same war that that president, Donald Trump, dodged the draft in. It is absolutely ridiculous. Biden posted this video on his personal ex account saying, if you don't respect our troops, you can't lead them. As a Marine Corps veteran, I feel that statement. That is absolutely true. There's a, there's a certain amount of disgust that Donald Trump has shown, um, not just on Veteran Day not just in comments about people who spoke out against him. It's about disabled veteran, veterans uh, who were captured or killed. Uh, so this long history of him not understanding why people sacrifice so much for the very uh, freedoms that he exploits is absolutely disgusting, Jackson. And I'd love to hear your take on this. You know, the more I watch Trump, the more the, the, the facade of him being this man with a plan just continues to evaporate. In my opinion, he accidentally got elected in 2016. He never really wanted the job. It would have been much better for him to have not been elected. He could have capitalized and made money. And now he's facing all these issues really because he was in office. And so, you know, again, as you pointed out, he never served. But does, was he even thinking about that when he said these things? No, he's just he just talks. He can't shut up. You know, this dude comes out. It, He'll literally come out of the courtroom, say, F the judge, F the prosecutors, and then go straight back into the courtroom. And if he doesn't win in 2024, it's going to be because of stuff like that. 
It's not going to be because like, oh, people just love Biden. It's going to be because he can't help but bury uh, and dig himself a deeper grave. But, um, you know, I think that what he's doing is he's positioning himself such that anybody who feels that this country has to be just taken back and overthrown, they're on his team. So that includes people who are against the black community, the Latino community, the LGBTQ community, the military, the establishment, because for some reason, Trump continues to be the outsider who's here to save us all. It's ridiculous, but it's real. We really can't let this dude get in office. Yeah, I mean, listen, people keep talking about our democracy uh, as is this strange thing. People need to be talking about what's truly at stake for voters, because I'm telling you, this conversation about democracy rings well in the beltway, but it doesn't hit home for people who are suffering through everyday living. And for to believe that Trump, uh, this guy who's in court on, on billionaire charges, uh, has the best interests of poor people when he can't even stand them and don't even understand their lives. This is a person who believes you need an ID to buy a loaf of bread at a grocery store, meaning he's never shopped for himself. You, if you believe he has your best interest at hand, you just don't understand who he is and who he's been since he's been on the political scene since the 70s. Um, now, we heard what Biden said on social media. Here's what Trump had to say. Trump, on the other hand, first marked Veteran Day with the message on his truth social platform that he said uh, to our heroic veterans. I am grateful for your service to our country and honor to wish you a happy Veterans Day. He added that there is no greater act of selfless service than defending America's God given freedoms and liberty. That's according to Newsweek. Several hours later, because you know Donald Trump can't be done, Trump returned with a more polarizing message. In honor of our great veterans on Veterans Day, we pledge to you that we will root out the communists, Marxists, fascists, and radical left thugs that live like vermin within the confines of our country, lie still and cheat on elections, and we will do anything possible, whether legally or illegally, to destroy America and the American dream, he wrote. The threat from outside forces is far less sinister, dangerous, and grave than the threat from within, despite the hatred and anger of the radical left lunatics who want to destroy our country. We will make America great again. This idea, this idea, this is a person who said the military is weak as ever. He said that when he was wicked. I mean, this is a person who disparaged general after general after general. Um, this is a person who has no care for America at all, at all. And I think. You know, what happened at the UFC? People say, Monday, why are you talking about the UFC? We're talking about Trump. I'll tell you why. Uh, because we don't know if this is true or not, but the wife of comedian Bill Burr, Nia Hill, allegedly flipped off Trump during the UFC 295 event on Saturday. And whether she meant to or not, or she was just looking at the camera and it was a coincidence that was there, I would say the universe is amazing. Because that FU comes from me and every veteran who actually cares about the liberties that Trump is exploiting for himself, for selfish gain. What we do know is that Trump gives a big F you to the military and everybody who cares about democracy and that this experiment called America. Every day he opens his mouth with new lies. Jackson. Yeah. And again, it's first of all, I, he, chat GPT wrote that message that he typed out. Anytime it's like a long paragraph and there's not a lot of capitalized words for no reason in there, then he probably didn't write it. Um, but he's just the more I see of him, it's just like, oh, can we just move past this dude? You know, we become so used to him, but it's really like he's really an unbelievably he's a cartoon character. You know what I'm saying? And he's a loser. He's such a fake tough guy. I mean, not to say that he can't do damage because he certainly can. But it's like, well, what was his candidate's name in Kentucky? Uh, Cameron, who lost. 
you know, uh, before the election, he's like, oh, Cameron, he's got a big shot. He's, he's got a lot of opportunities. And then the day after he lost, he's like, oh, no, he couldn't remove the stench of Mitch McConnell. That didn't have anything to do with me. And then he pointed to Mississippi where like any a red rock could win in Mississippi versus a Democrat. And he's like, well, that's because of me. Um, but I, it's just it's it's tiring. But unfortunately, it's real. And we got to talk about it. and We got to do what we got to do. So. Here we are. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and even in Mississippi, where he tried to point to where, like you said, whenever there's a victory, Trump want to take credit for it. Whereas a loss, he had nothing to do with it. But even in Mississippi, that story is even more complex. Right. Mississippi shouldn't be a bright red state. It should be a blue state. But the lack of investments from Democrats has left that the blackest state in the union uh, to, to, to swallow in the re- Republican mess that it is. Mm. Even with all that, Mississippi barely uh, the governor barely won his race. And what they did in Hines County, a county that's 73% black, was what? Run out of ballots five times during the election, forcing people to wait. And then they tried to close the polls and they only gave people an extra hour, even though they kept running out of ballots, preventing black people in this district being able to exercise their rights. So we know what Trump wants to talk about lacks the depth to really give his people, his followers, uh, a true peer, a uh, true sight into it. Now, here's what TMZ had to say about this. He'll accompany her comedian husband to the UFC 295 event Saturday night at NYC Madison Square Garden. And during one of Trump's on-camera moments on the Jumbotron, she flipped the bird, which many have taken to be directly targeted for Trump. Frankly, it's hard to tell if this FU is in fact intended for Donald Trump. As I said, it doesn't matter. Right now, I'm claiming it as everybody who hates what this person stands for. I hate it. Of course, Donald Trump followers are going crazy and he's getting uh, Bill Burr. The comedian is getting a ton of hate from the right wing. But what we do know is his wife, uh, is getting a lot of support from majority of the people on social media saying she's speaking for a majority of Americans. So while people might not want to talk about what's going on, Jackson, it is what it is. I'm going to give you the last comment before we run the break. Yeah, absolutely. It, it definitely is what it is. And at the end of the day, you know, um, n- neither Biden or, or Trump are popular. We got to get to 2028 for, you know, honestly, for the slate to be clean. But we can't forget that Trump is people don't like Donald Trump. The base that likes him votes, they show up to the polls. And if we show up to the polls, he ain't going to win. It's it's really as simple as that. There's a lot of work to be done. The Democratic Party, we got to get more progressives in there. We got to do our part. We got to be more involved in our backyards and our own communities, because if we not, then I mean, we really ain't got no right to complain. But at the end of the day, um, I mean, you know, we just we got to make it past this guy and we got to get to 2028. So that's just a situation we need yeah, and I mean, we, it also makes sense for us to acknowledge uh, that Trump didn't just lose 2020, right? He lost 2022 yes. <laughs> when the lack of red wave. And then he also just lost in Virginia and this election cycle, too. So people yeah. need to understand that the world is reject. Majority of Americans rejecting the ideals that is Trump. His base is so loud, though. We're going to take a break. So y'all stick around. It's Mundell Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie with Jackson White. We're back. Uh, Monday, Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie alongside Jackson White. Listen, I need y'all to know that people are attacking. When I say people, I'm talking about the, the support for media is falling. TYT is different. Part of it is because we have a membership. A TYT membership is a fighter 
a leader, change maker, and believer in positive change. The support of members has amplified our voices to report on the stories that matter, pursue positive change, and reach the milestone of 25 billion views. So support our show and our network as a member at tyt.com backslash join or click the join button. It's necessary, y'all. Let's move over to some member comments. TYT members over at TYT.com. Uh, Mo Ferry says, social media is the retail display window of this clickbait life in which we live. We only put in, we only put it in what we believe will bring people into the store. That is so factual. Many of us only ever pay attention to that window, leaving our stores filled with dusty racks and empty shelves. Listen, I mean, this is an absolute truth. We cannot, we can no longer pretend. We know so many people that people are on Facebook saying, I can't believe this happened because I saw this post or I read this post and thought this person was so happy. Not only to find out that days later, they either got killed or killed themselves. So we need to be serious about what's going on in this country and social media ain't the move. Uh, still, still with our members over at TYT.com, uh, at end user said, Dono is a sad clown. My friend, Dono is a sad clown. The problem is he's a sad clown with, with, uh, millions of followers coming to his circuits on a daily basis. And that is a threat to our democracy for sure. Uh, over at YouTube. We want to thank uh, Snack Panther for gifting to membership. We also want to thank Brandon uh, Nuance for being a member for four months. We thank you, Stick and Stay. Uh, Mundell and Snacks, and can we get a shout out for Soul Life? Thank you, sirs. Yes, free Soul Life. I had to get that in there. So Soul, soul Life is in, is in chat jail. We got to get them up out of there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody should be in any jail. Uh, so Soul Life, get free, brother, sisters, yes. family. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, listen. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're still French! Back off! I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Can you not touch my car like that? Can you give me a phone, please? What? Can you give me a phone? I want to send a text. What are you doing sitting outside this house? What are you doing? I live here. You don't live here? What are you doing? Can you get your hands off my car, please? No. Please. What are you doing? Leave, go away. What are you doing? Go away. I've been away with Zimbabwe, you stupid little pimp. Get away from here. My, my, I'm, I'm stuck. I don't know if y'all see that. I'm stuck <laughs> here. Like, what, what did I just watch? I'm confused. I, is, like, this is unbelievable. This this came to us uh, from ex-user Conrad who captioned this video. I don't know what just happened to describe his experience with a Karen. Listen, climbing in some, first of all, touching some people's car is so dangerous. Secondly, secondly, yo, you trying to climb through the window will get you in a lot of trouble. I, I don't understand where these people are going. We also see a continuation of Karen behavior, not just being locked into the geopolitical borders that are the United States. We see it. This, this ideal of whiteness having the ability to, one, ask you for your phone while you're driving your car. Two, that ain't enough. I want to come through your window and take it if you don't give it to me. Jackson, give me your phone, bro. <laughs> <laughs> right now, that was when she came into the window, I was like, oh, that's Dumbledore. The Dumbledore came up to the window about to pull out that magic wand, do all types of stuff too. Y'all wanted to do. But uh, yeah, no, I don't, I don't know what's up. You know, sometimes people are, you know, maybe they're going through something. Maybe they've been drinking. She didn't necessarily seem like she was drinking, but uh, she was high in audacity, you know, and uh, she wanted his phone. And then she said, why are you in front of here? So, but yeah, no, when she saw that, I was like, Dumbledore. Maybe I should have said that, but whatever, man. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> 
Listen, I mean, listen, the problem is she started out with this fake need. Like, give me your phone, right? Mm-hmm. Just so she can say that second part. She wanted yeah. to say that you don't live here. I live here. Why are you here? That was the that was the motive, right? Like, that's why you were over there. That's why you try to climb in that car. No one she gets bored. This. She bored. Yeah. She, most Karens are bored, bored with life and this idea that other people may be equitable, treated equitably in this world. So they 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 impose them their will on the situation. This is unbelievable. But speaking of unbelievable, bro, this next story is unbelievable. The DOJ bus brothel network (laughs) used by politicians and military. Let's see some of that announcement right now. They are doctors. They are lawyers. They're accountants. They're elected officials. They are executives at high tech companies and pharmaceutical companies. They're military officers, government contractors, professors, scientists. Pick a profession, they're probably represented in this case. Pick a profession, said an acting U.S. attorney for Massachusetts, Joshua Levy. During the Wednesday press conference in Boston last week, they're probably represented in this case. Ain't that something? While Levy did not identify any of the brothel's client, (laughs) he noted multiple search warrants are being executed in the case in Massachusetts, California, and of course, Virginia had to be in there. Three individuals have been arrested on charges of operating a high-end brothel network with a clientele that includes, check this out, elected officials, military officers, and government contractors with the security clearance. Han Lee, 41, of Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, Jumi Young Lee, 30, of Dedham, Massachusetts. And James Lee, 68, of Torrance, California, have been charged with conspiracy to coerce and entice to travel to engage in illegal sexual activity. Man, this can't be made up. The three individuals reportedly transported women and advertised them online for pre-approved clients to choose from other several websites while running the brothers out of their apartments that they rent. What in the what in the red state hell is this? I'm confused. This is unbelievable. According to an affidavit filed in court from a special agent with the Homeland Security Investigation, the prostitution network used two websites advertising appointments with Asian women. This is according to the U.S. Justice Department. This case goes back to the summer of 2022, with investigators identifying several buyers through surveillance phone records and interviews, Levy said. They are potentially hundreds of individuals who took these services as commercial sex buyers, Levy said. Noting the investigation is still in the early stages, alleged prospect sex buyers in this scheme first had to respond to a survey a survey and provide information online, including their driver's license photo, their employer information, credit card information, and they often pay monthly fees to be a part of this. Listen, I got to stop right here. They just said military officials, elected officials, and also government contractors with security clearance. All three professions where you shouldn't be providing your ID and your employer's information <laughs> to join something like this. Jackson. Yeah. I don't know how dumb the brothel owners are, but I definitely know how dumb their clientele was. My yeah, God. Definitely, especially in modern times. There's so many uh, other ways that you can solicit these kinds of things. And when you look at stuff like this, obviously, the, the bigger issue is the, you know, the uh, sex trafficking and uh, the potential of using women underage or women who don't really want to be doing this. And this is a good example for me, in my opinion, why prostitution should be legalized. Because, I mean, you're just going to keep catching people up with stuff like this. 
in some form or fashion because we're sexual creatures. We just are. Um, and being able to legally access these types of services would just keep it more clean. It would keep it more safe. Um, but, you know, it's not legal, though. So you, that's why, you you know, going about it like this is kind of like, oh, man, you kind of asked to be caught up. Uh, it, it was it was pretty reckless and understandably they're in trouble for it because it's not only a bad look, but it's 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 wrong. It's shady. You know, it, it's, you really shouldn't go about it like this. Yeah, it's wrong and shady. And guess what state or specifically what city was specifically left off? Las Vegas, Nevada. You want to know why? Because it's legal there and they, they can't they can't exploit people. So this nature that you're talking about, that what is likely to be inherent in illegal sex trade is the exploitation of women most of the time. And I think I think that's what's at the heart of this case. The Homeland, um, Homeland Security investigation agent said about 26 buyers were interviewed in connection with the multi-year investigation. One customer described getting a text of available options at a brothel. This is not a menu, y'all, including the woman available, the sexual services, and the hourly rate. That's according to the U.S. Department of Justice. The agent said he believes the brothels are high end because of the high cost of the rental units used and the scope of the professional disciplines of the sex buyers. My God. Customers are not named in affidavit, according to the agent, because the investigation into the, their, their involvement is active and ongoing. And that's according to CNN. Now, notice they said it's, the investigation is in the early stage and also their activity is ongoing. Their investigation is ongoing. I think we're going to see some more names and some people that we may know. And I mean, we're talking about California. We're talking about Massachusetts and Virginia. And a lot of people think about Virginia because it's a far reaching state. It's not as long as California, but the top part of Virginia might as well be D.C. And people don't talk about that. So when you're talking about politicians, those who be in that may be in D.C. for federal appointments or uh, elected office may live in D.C. So I'm not I will not be surprised if some of these people have uh, U.S. representative or Senate. And I don't know that to be true, but I will not be surprised. We all remember the D.C. madam and who who were on who all the people were on her client list. And this started to seem a lot like that, Jackson. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, I think that's definitely a good point because I wasn't thinking about, uh, you know, that northern part of Virginia and how connected everybody who works for the federal government really would be, especially if it was an easy service to tap into, you know, people travel and stuff like that. But uh, I think we'll see a lot more of this, Um, not necessarily like popping up every week or every month or anything like that, but it's a continuing issue and sex trafficking is going to be an issue that we have to face. Um, so I think it makes for an interesting uh, policy discussion along many lines, for sure. Indeed. And we can't I mean, while we're talking about this, we we would be remiss if we didn't remit, uh, or admit that part of this is about controlling women's body, too. Right. Like this misogyny that's baked into our political space and our electoral work. The idea that women don't deserve or get to choose what's legal for them and their bodies. So I think you're absolutely right about the need to legalize sex work for that very reason. Plus, also the the amount of safety uh, mechanisms, mechanisms that is built into uh, the legal sex work that we see in in places like Las Vegas. So I definitely think uh, you're, you got a point right there, brother, and we should definitely keep on looking into that. Let's uh, let's run to another break real quick, and we'll be right back. Jackson White, Monday Robinson, filling in for Dr. Richie. We're back with uh, Indisputable, filling in for Dr. Richie is myself, Monday Robinson, and also uh, sitting beside me in the co-anchor chair is Jackson White. Listen, y'all, you can search the entire internet all over the web, the whole wide world, 
Al Gore's internet. And there's only one place to find official, the damage report, indisputable, the Young Turks merchandise. And that's at shoptyt.com. So be sure to go there and browse show merchandise. You can also find other activist apparel there. Let's get back into some of the members' comments. Over at tyt.com, we got uh, at tyt for me. My God, is she an evil villain from a James Bond film? Talking about the Karen um, going demonic in the car. Listen, I mean, I don't know what film she's from. I mean, you name one at the James Bond. Jackson name one. I just know she she's she's playing whiteness very well in the real world. So she don't need no acting degree or no credentials. She's just doing it and showed up that way. And the sad part about this is we're laughing about it. We're making light of it. But this, you know, this could have been a this could have been a completely different situation had that person rolled the window up and drove off with that person in the car. Had that person try to protect himself, not knowing what was going to happen, right? So uh staying with TYT members, we got Donna Delayed Oh my God, when are we going to make prostitution legal and regulated? FFS. This is not, not the Victorian era. Again, it goes back to the idea that men need to control women's body, and we should not, we should not exclude that. Over on YouTube, Shy Guy Seven Seven Eight, we want to thank you for that gift. Uh, this is it says, it says action. It says damn, action Jackson and Mayor Mundell. This is the Monday night I expire to have in my life, bro. Solidarity, both of you from the UK. Thank you so much for the support. Also, absolutely. Uh, yeah, go ahead, Jackson. If you want to say something. Oh, yeah, I was just saying, absolutely. You know, I continue to be encouraged as I move along. So thank you. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, we want to thank, uh, we also want to thank uh, Breeze, a new member of on uh, Indisputable. So thank you so much for joining. We appreciate that. Now, listen, y'all, we ended talking about men, the last section ended talking about men trying to control women's body. Doesn't stop there. Check out this next block. New Jersey black female cop discipline for wearing Bantu knots. For all of y'all that don't know what Bantu knots are, you're looking at them. It is a hairstyle that is originated in uh, Africa. Um, and we see a lot of black African American women wearing this hairstyle or well, women throughout the African diaspora. What people won't tell you is what's connected to the, the Bantu knots is it's a delineation off of braids. Braids were used one to bring seeds from the native country for all types of food that Americans love now, i.e. watermelon, i.e. okra. All of that came from Africa and it came in the, in the, in the, in the tweeting of this hair. So y'all might not know that, but this is ridiculous. Let's, let's get into it. New Jersey chain, uh, Jersey, uh, Chain Weeks Riviera, that's her name, a 10-year veteran of the Maplewood Township Police has filed a discrimination lawsuit after she was disciplined for wearing her hair in Bantu knots. The lawsuit obtained by Atlanta Black Star was filed against the township of Maplewood and MPD Captain Peter Kuznell, or Zell. The complaint states that Weeks Riviera who wore her hair in Bantu knots, a traditional African hairstyle, uh, as I just stated, on August 20th was in violation of the dress code. She was disciplined 11 days later on August 31st. On August 31st, 2023, Officer Weeks Riviera was notified of an internal affairs complaint regarding her violation of Maplewood R&R 4.7.2, manner of dress on duty, states the lawsuit. Her hair in Bantu knots, uh, her hair and bantu knots, but her supervising sergeant were disciplined for failure to supervise when they decided when they decidedly refused to discriminate against Officer Weeks uh, Riviera for her hairstyle. Man, this is this is unbelievable that we are still policing black people's hair. Um, this idea of professionalism is unbelievable to me. I also think 
Uh, this is this is something we need to talk about. We we we're not willing just to punish this officer for her hairstyle. They, when I say we, I'm talking about the police department and also America because we allow this to happen. Uh, so I think what goes further is they they even prosecuted her supervising officer because they didn't. They didn't punish her. They didn't discipline her. This is absolutely ridiculous, but it's also par for the course for an institution that has so much uh, ingrained and also riding on the fact that black people need to know their place. Jackson. Yeah. And, you know, instances like this, um, whether it's uh, here or corporate America dealing with similar things, it's just a way for people to pick on somebody that's beneath them, um, keeping people down, identifying something to do with somebody that gives you a reason to give them a boot or something. Uh, but especially since you pointed out that their supervisors were uh, also uh, being harassed for not uh, coming down on her as well. It's just maintaining the authority, the image of the police state, the image of what law enforcement is supposed to be, because perhaps people won't take her seriously or they won't be afraid of her. They'll feel like she's one of them if they you know, come up to the car looking like that. I guess it's like a clean cut mentality or something. Um, but really, underneath it all, it's just bullying. It, that, that's all it is. She's just getting bullied. That's all it is, brother. And I think, uh, and, and that matters. I mean, I have I have my hair in a kinky staff intentionally, and I see that you have locks. So we're speaking from a space where we know exactly what it means, not only to be black, not only to be black man, not only to be black man with nappy hair. Intentionally, we also know what it means to watch sisters in, in places where they're trying to be a part of the blue. What happens to protect the blue when they show up like this, talking about these agencies? Atlanta Black Star went on to say that Cusnell also reportedly told Weeks Riviera that she violated policy by wearing her hair in rollers. To get that paper, it was cringeworthy. Recall Weeks Rivera. I had to ask him questions to stop myself from crying. It's super embarrassing. It makes me feel less than. That is that is the intention. That is not by mistake. The making you feel less than for you know accepting your blackness and moving in that space is as American as apple pie and baseball. And when we pretend that it ain't, when we pretend that that feeling of embarrassment, that feeling of nothing or less than is intentional, then we are missing the mark. This is what happens when people say police departments are broke, when in actuality, we know they were designed to work just like this. Jackson. Absolutely. And, you know, it's important to know when you pushing somebody down, it's not just so that you can keep yourself up, elevated in power. But before that comes just general insecurity. You know what I'm saying? Like when you really break people down from an anthropo uh, anthropological level, it's really quite simple. We feel certain ways and we react to them. We want to feel like we're on top, at least of our own lives. We want to feel like we aren't threatened. And at the end of the day, this country was set up for white people. It was set up in such a way that black bodies were used in slavery. Land was taken from natives and it was speculated upon. And that's how this country spread. So we're trying our best to get away from those pillars. And we have done a good job at it, but we're still fighting it because those are the foundations of the country. So if Bantu knots make people feel insecure, it's just going back to who's supposed to be on top. You shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be working next to you. And that's why we got to keep the fight alive because we can win it and we will. Yeah, I mean, I guess this, it's this false idea of what's professional, right? Uh, 
And in, in, in the Black Star, they went out, they went on to say that Weeks Rivera, who was also uh, involved in an earlier and separate lawsuit against Maplewood that was brought by the city employees uh, challenging COVID-19 vaccination mandates, is requiring that a judge force Kunzo and Township to comply with the Crown Act. This is so Black people can wear their hair the way they please and turn over policy copies on officers' hairstyle as well as complaints about her hairstyle. And again, that's according to New Jersey Monitor. I'm just thinking, man, like this is this is. We we breeze we breeze over this because it's one of the things that black people deal with on a regular basis. But we shouldn't deal, we shouldn't because what what's at what's at the bottom of it is what uh, what this sister said about her feelings, how it made her feel. We're talking about trauma and the building of new trauma on top of undealt with trauma. So operating in a system, talking about the police department, the institution that is policing in America, then. Being told that your blackness is not enough, but also your hair is making it worse. It's something that 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 every day you put on that uniform, you have to feel. And I don't know what to do with that, uh, Jackson. That's rough for me to try to process. And, um, you know, I think that what's important is to realize that this also translates into policy. As we saw the reversal of Roe v. Wade and what happens with a lot of the red states being extremely adamant about pushing six week bans, even though the Republican constituency really doesn't want that either. Um, you know, uh, more and more authoritarianism is creeping in. So this can translate into policy, as we've seen. Uh, look at how many bills have been passed to make it harder for people to vote, things along those lines. Um, I can't remember because, you know, now we got uh, Mike Johnson. I think it was Emerson, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and a few other Republicans were like, I, I couldn't vote for him because he was in favor of gay marriage, like stuff like that. So this can uh, creep into law. Um, so you're very right. It is important for us to not let this uh, slide under the rug. Yeah, I mean, it, it creeps into law. And then also what's left unsaid is if we don't if we don't file these lawsuits, if this sister didn't file this lawsuit, what will happen is they will kill you or torture you and tell the world you were OK with it. Right. We see this fake this fake telling of history about slaves being docile and enjoying life, this this com- this comfortable life on plantation when in actuality we know there was all types of protest. But the cops aren't done there. Let's let's go to Chicago and talk about this next story. Now we need to warn you all that the reason we don't have video on this is because it involves a minor. Um, so a Chicago charge, a Chicago cop charge after shoving black teen in the throat. Craig Lancaster, a Chicago police officer, is facing charges of aggravated battery involving an eighth grader outside of Walter G. Grimson Elementary School. The officer was also relieved from his duties. Charges were filed almost six months after the incident occurred. Now, according to Atlanta Black Star, Williams' legal guardian filed a lawsuit against Lancaster and the city of Chicago last month. During the morning of of May 18th, Williams, who was 14 at the time, finished playing a game of basketball with a friend and was walking into school before the bell rang. Simultaneously, a teacher was standing in front of the door on school property taking or talking to Officer Lancaster. Identified as uh, her personal companion, the filing says Williams tried to walk inside the building when the physical encounter occurred. He just slammed his hand right into Jaquavanon's throat and he stepped toward him. Talking about this police officer, let me remind you all, this man is probably wearing a gun because he's in uniform. He stepped to a a 14-year-old, jammed his hand right into this kid's throat, and he stepped towards him. The officer, then the officer stared down this young man and said, I'm going to beat the F out of you. That's according to the attorney, uh, Marsh said, according to the teen's account. 
As Lancaster was leaving, he was stopped by a security guard. He flashed his police star and gun holster, entered his car, and exited the premises. The court documents shed light on Ancaster's alleged misconduct while working for the city's police department. Lancaster has been accused of off-duty excessive force on several or seven occasions and has received two 30-day suspensions for off-duty misconduct, the lawsuit states. The city of Chicago has been on notice for years of Lancaster's penchant of off-duty violence and misconduct. This is according to Atlanta Blackstar. The Chicago Police Department declined to comment on this incident, saying only that it's under investigation by the Civilian Office of Police Accountability. Lancaster is due to make the first court appearance on November the 16th. Here's my problem with this story, and my God, there are a lot of them. Jackson, first of all, the, car, the charges didn't come until six months later. He was he was relieved. That means six months he was allowed to carry on with this racist behavior of, of mistreating people. They said seven times. I'm promising you it was more than seven times. It's only seven times documented, allegedly. This idea that you can behave in this manner. Seven times you can do something. You can be suspended 30 times. I mean, 30 days twice. 30 days twice and still wear a badge. Showing your badge is show, is flashing your colors. This is gang behavior. Let me explain it to you. Showing your badge is flashing your colors. Showing your gun is showing that what you will do if you disrespect those colors. That is law of the street. That is not how police should behave. Unfortunately, we're talking about what's allowed to happen to young black teenagers at the hands of police. How is this different than what happened to Tamir Rice and, and, and any other young black man at the hands of police department, Jackson? Yeah, you're 100% right. Um, Seven times that it was documented, but seven is a lot, which I mean, if you get caught seven times, clearly you're just habitually doing it um, as if it's just a playground for his sadism. Um, But, you know, hit somebody in the throat is that's a really dangerous place to touch somebody like you could crack that, you know, you could break this and then it's over. It's a worse place to hit somebody in the face pretty much anywhere. Um, and, And he has no regard for that. And he said, I'll I'll beat the F out of you. Um, so this is pretty common. Actually, when I was in the, the sixth grade, uh, I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. I live in uh, New Jersey now. But, you know, we would we would I mean, you know, what's up with St. Louis or any place like that. But it would be people would be fighting after school and stuff. And I remember police would get out the car and be ready to fight, like talking all this stuff. And looking back, I'm like, you know, in the sixth grade, we was like 11, 12 years old. I'm 31 now. Just imagining myself beating up a kid is just. Mm, you know, like that's that's pretty scary that 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 uh, law enforcement kind of regularly attracts people who look forward to doing these things. So, yeah. Well, and, and right. What about what about policing in this country attract these people? And, and it can't be said one bad apple, because guess what we know? We know that it's happened so often. Right. Seven times two suspension for 30 days. Then then to continue this behavior in a schoolyard. Flash your badge, flash your gun, and hop in your car like, yeah, it is what it is. This behavior is unbelievable. It is the base. What's what's wrong with the hiring process in policing departments? What's wrong with the institution that we don't flush these cops out? Why aren't other cops treating this guy like he has the plague? Why aren't they staying away from him? Because it is common nature to protect the blue, back the blue at all costs. And that, too, to me, represents part of this bad actor scheme where people want you to believe that it's a one-off thing or one bad apple. When in actuality, the institution is broken and we got to name that we have to name that for the sake of 14 year olds like this young man in this in this situation. But also because 
Where's the trust in any institution when black people can be treated like this, Jackson? It's nowhere to be found. I mean, oftentimes you don't call the police just because it could be a hassle. You know what I'm saying? Unless something's really crazy, then ain't nobody calling the police. If you live in a certain income uh, neighborhood, that's kind of how it goes. But this always brings up the point that I raised local elections, local elections, local elections. There's not going to be some federal sweep. It really can't be no time soon because there's too it's too complicated. Um, and at the end of the day, a lot of people who get elected into positions to do something about uh, these municipalities happens in local elections. So that's a lot of what my work in uh, politics uh, will continue to be is getting people to realize the power of city council. Yeah, I, 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 I'm glad you said that as a mayor, city mayor in a town that has you know a problem. I think this is absolutely correct. I think also what happens is we buy into how politics are sold to us. People tell you all the time that the presidential is the most sexist or the sexist election in this country, when in actuality, not voting or not participating in your local elections is probably going to have larger ramifications than electing a president, and it's going to affect your life immediately. The policies, when I tell people every day, if there's a racist police chief, you need to fire your mayor. In most cities, the police chief and the board, the town board is in charge of hiring a, a, a the police chief. So the racist police chief might create the culture where it exists, but the mayor and the, and the town board allows that person to keep their job doing harm to residents. So I'm telling people all the time, regardless of what they tell you in this election or what's most important in this election, your local elections, your school board determines which books will be banned in your child's school. Right. Your 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 city council tell you which streets will be fixed, which neighborhoods will have sidewalks and successful green spaces that all of that matters in the quality of life that we don't even think about. And we just blame the president uh, blanket writ large about what's going on in our communities and not really holding people accountable because we bought into this idea that the, every four years we need to be worried about elections. If people really if this country really cared about elections, they'd have put presidential elections at the same time they put mayoral elections so people don't drop off in the manner that they do and they call them off year elections. There's nothing off about elections in the, in the uneven years, except for the fact that less people to participate because we've been sold this idea that you need a president and the 400 people in, in Washington, D.C. When in actuality in this country, we have over 50,000 elected officials, Jackson. Mm -hmm. Yep, 100 percent. And, you know, uh, that's kind of reminiscent on why when you really take a step back, the media ain't nobody. They really not talking about nothing. It's just Trump, 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 Trump. Oh, a poll came out. There's a year until the election. Let's all. But there's so much more stuff going on, actually, in politics in America. So I think that that was the way you just laid that out was perfect. Absolutely. I'm glad you said something about polls, brother. And I and I, I don't want to go on a tangent too much, but my other job is Black Male Voter Project, and I feel comfortable that I need to say this. The New York Times put out this poll about 20% of Black men supporting Republicans. That is dastardly. I'm going to tell you why. Because it's it's based in nothing, right? There's no 20% anywhere in this country of black men supporting Donald Trump, period. Yeah. And, and what happens is people will forget this because our mind is trained to be short, right? They did the same thing in 2020. And in January, there was a poll that said 20% of black men are going to vote for Trump. They did the same thing when Clinton was running, saying 20% are going to support the Republican. They did the same thing when the first Bush was running. And guess what happened each election? Not that. Never. Never has 20% of black men voted for a Republican candidate since the switch of parties when racists left because black people were allowed to sit at the Democratic Party. So this idea, this false narrative is meant to do exactly what you said, sell wolf tickets. 
And the media is making tons of money off this idea of Trump, 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 Trump. And what's going to happen with the scary black man? And the sad part about it is you have black people on, on social media and other news outlets running with this false story. And it does harm to our community. So I don't want people to think that it's just disconnected that I'm talking about black men and this problem with policing. But when you keep telling a demographic that shows up in a different way, that majority of them support something they don't. People are going to tune you out as fake news, regardless what Trump is talking about fake news is. You sound like fake news whenever you're telling black men that 20% of them support Trump and they know it's false, man. They act as if we live in a bubble and don't know that the very issues plaguing us are political issues, i.e. policing, the problems with over-policing us, i.e. education, under-educating us. All of this, the the, the built-in discriminatory practices in the hiring process as it pertains to black men, if it, whether it be our hair or our names and everything else, the microaggressions. People are playing games with what it means to be black men in America, when in actuality, the true problem is Jackson, the true problem is they don't see us. And that is not a that is not a request from me to say that black men are vain and need to be seen. I'm talking about in the human aspect. When you think about when we were hunters and gathered, to be unseen was to be dead. To be left behind by your people, your clan is to be dead. And that's exactly what happened when you look at the social markers. Black men are dying many deaths, not just physical death. The fact that we could be the only demographic born rich and experience poverty in our life. The fact that we have so many white consultants telling people what's best for us is absolutely ridiculous, brother. Man, we at church right now. I don't even think I can say anything else. We just gonna have to leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, well, for speaking real. of leaving it at that, let's go to let's go to break. We'll be back with more Jackson White, Monday Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie. Kiki Palmer accuses ex-boyfriend of abuse. According to court documents filed on Thursday, November the 9th, and reviewed by Page Six and Us Weekly, actress Kiki Palmer is seeking a restraining order against ex-boyfriend Darius Jackson and requesting sole custody of their eight-month son, uh, Leotis. 30-year-old Palmer accused 29-year-old Jackson of abusing her multiple times over the course of their two-year relationship. Uh, Kiki's own mother would speak out as well on the matter, out, outing Darius' brother, who allegedly Darius learned his abusive behavior from. Take the video. Look, I've never done anything like this. I've been in this business for 22 years. I've seen a lot of stuff, but this is, this is, I, I can't help myself. For Sharonis Jackson to post on his Twitter uh, uh, the ridiculous stuff that he's posted when he knew his brother was abusive. I went to Sharonis over a year ago and told him that his brother was abusive to my daughter and he said, uh, well, I used to be like that too. What? So now he's posting on Twitter like he's this uh, special guy. We, we know he's the biggest in Hollywood. He's disrespectful to women, just like his little brother. He taught his brother how to be abusive. So he don't get to act like he's this special guy. No, you're a boy and you're a part of the problem. Listen, let me, let me say this. There are several women with less resources that are suffering through some uh, trauma. And I think, you know, shining a light on this one incident may, may cloud the incident or may make people feel a certain way. What I will say is domestic violence is nothing to joke about, nothing to play with. And I think some of the some of the statements from Kiki Mama may have turned some people off or made people feel a certain way simply because she's trying to say that his brother taught him how to be abusive. When we know abuse 
uh, it, that I, I, I don't want to go there. I don't know how that happens. And this is per Us Weekly. Palmer claimed that she has security footage from a November the 5th incident in which Jackson trespassed into her home without her knowledge or consent and threatened her before launching uh, for her neck, striking her, throwing her on the couch and stealing her phone. That that again is, of course, uh, according to Us Weekly. She went on to allege that there have been many uh, instances of physical violence with Jackson that include, included destroying her personal property, including diaries and prescription eyeglasses, throwing my belongings into the street, throwing my car keys to prevent me from driving away, hitting me in front of our son, spewing profanities at me about uh, about me to our son, threatening to kill himself with a gun if I left him, harassment and other physical and emotional abuse. I think. You know, the uh, this is this is a this is a messy subject uh, in her declaration. Palmer went on to say that her relationship with Jackson finally ended for good in early October, primarily due to the uh, physical and emotional abuse inflicted on her by him. Palmer's filing comes uh, after months of speculation about their relationship following his comments about Palmer's attire at an Usher concert in Las Vegas, where Palmer was wearing a black bodysuit with a sheer black polka dot cover up. Jackson wrote on X, formerly Twitter, in July. It's the outfit, though. You're a mom. Um, again, like I said, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack in this story. Uh, Nina, I just wanted to I know this is a sensitive subject for you. Did you want or have anything that you want to add to this? It's just a sad situation. I mean, you hate to see uh, people's business play out in public like this when you are in public life, like you are, I am, and Kiki is, and you know, people who are actors, actresses, you know, those professions where people think um, they have a right to know what is happening in your personal life is really sad. It's also sad that Kiki's mom felt like she had to come out there. She was in defense of her daughter, obviously, and that's that's what a mother would do. And there are a lot of dynamics to the story that we do not know. We're reporting based on what we do know. And for Kiki to take these steps, and she was very clear about for her at this moment, it is about her son, you know, about their child. And, and that's important for any parent, but just a sad situation. Countless women go through this on a regular basis. That emotional abuse coupled with physical abuse is something else. But even when it's emotional just by itself, and I know from experience, it can definitely take a toll on your life and your livelihood and your mentals. And so hopefully through this experience, more women uh, find courage. And I'll put the caveat, you know, sometimes uh, women can be abusive too, emotionally and physical abusive. And we don't talk about that a lot in society because it is mainly men. But I do want to put that out that I know that some men go through it as well. But in this situation and far too many others, uh, this is uh, something that is, is quite heavy. And yes, Mayor, this is a heavy, this is a sticking point for me because I can definitely feel her pain on the emotional abuse side. Yeah, and, and in response to all of this on the legal development, Darius, who is the uh, father of uh, Kiki Palmer's son, would take the, the X, which was formerly known as Twitter, with the photo of himself and Leota saying, I love you, son, see you soon. And it's and th it is this like this level of back and forth for me where you feel like you gotta have your relationship play out and respond in public. If you love your son, uh, I I hear you put it on Twitter, but that ain't your son is not on Twitter. He's 
eight months old. He doesn't have a Twitter account. So I think uh, this is just a continuation of like the sadness that you're talking about where we where we spend our lives on social media and forget that the implications uh, have real effects, not just when someone scrolls down their timeline. A reminder of CTA for those experiencing domestic violence. If you or someone you know are experiencing domestic violence, please call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at 1-800-799-7233 for confidential support. What's up, y'all? We're back. Monday Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie, co-hosting with the one and only Jackson White. Listen, y'all, um, I don't know if you heard, but Legitimate Kid, you can get it right now. It's a memoir by TYT contributor Ida Rodriguez. Like I said, it is available at shoptyt.com. You can get a signed copy of Ada's book where she chronicles uh, how she overcame hardship and transformed pain into laughter. Guess what? That's not it. You can get a signed copy today. Like I said, it's at shoptyt.com. Don't miss out. Do not miss out. Get that while it's there. Uh, so let's go to some more comments. Tyt.com. Uh, we got a member over there, Mo Ferry again. Fool you once, shame on you. Fool you seven times, and you're likely a police department. My my. I mean, this is worse than uh, George Bush. Fool me once, fool me, fool me, can't fool me again, right? But uh, apparently, if you're a police department, you absolutely can be fooled again. Because like I said, this person was suspended twice, twice, and they allowed this to happen. Jackson, how do you allow this to happen other than you want it to be the case? Yeah, other than you want it to be the case and you feel that it getting exposed to the public would be worse than allowing a guy who beats up kids to keep beating up kids. So priorities, I guess. Exactly. I agree 100 percent. Let's go over to YouTube where Dragons uh, Dragons Marine said, does it interfere with her primary job to protect the rich and their possessions? My, my. That is a wonderful inclusion of the rich and their positions. I mean, possessions. And I'll tell people, I don't want to get a history lesson right now, but it's important that we mention that the police department in this country has not always been an institution. Police departments were actually uh, formed by rich rich corporations to protect their interests, to protect their property, right? To break union lines. They were also, in their early forms, the, some of the first police departments in this country formed in the 1790s, they were slave catchers in my state, North Carolina. That's right. So I appreciate you putting that in there to protect their rich and their possessions. And I think what happens is it offends the rich and their possessions because they have to deal with the idea or their idea of what American is or what American success or professionalism look like does not include nappy hair. And I feel bad for them in that case, like I do for all folk who are suffering from whiteness. Brandon Nuance said uh, eighth grade. That's a child. That is absolutely factual. That is a child. And Jackson alluded to this. Hitting someone in their throat is so dangerous. And beyond that, what I mean, like the charges should be attempted murder because you could have cracked that person's trachea. We don't know what could have happened for a 14-year-old child. It is absolutely disgusting. Stoneflower Dragon, still on YouTube, said that was the only seven times we know about. We spoke about that several times, and that is absolutely the case. And I think, you know, people, people spend too much time only thinking about what, what was reported and speaking about things that were only reported or what the media didn't know. Let's get into somebody criminalizing themselves. Singer Jediah talks about his past treatment of women. Let's look at the video. I robbed some women of their baby-making years, dragging them along. They built me up. Look at me now and look at them. If you are creative, I folded you into my artwork. If you were in my artwork, I gave you a job. I gave you a job. I mastered your life. 
I gave you a house, food, everything you need. I protected and provided for you. I did what men are supposed to do. You know, I remember different quotes I said, like just like really manipulative things to say, like, no one's going to love you the way I do. My God, I'm ashamed of it. And I, that's what makes me angry when I see my brothers do that. We can't do that to, to the women that have done so much for us to even exist. And I saw myself for the first time. All the things I'm saying now, ooh, horror. Bit by bit, I stripped myself of my former self. And I swore that the next relationship that I would get in, I would work as hard at love as I worked in my career. Ooh, singer Jadena has apologized to all of the black women whose baby baby making years were robbed due to his manipulative actions. He recently spoke on the What's Underneath Masculinity with Men with Man Enough podcast, where he reflected on his toxic behaviors in the past. Nine minutes into the interview, oh, he jumped right into it, didn't he? Nine minutes into the interview, Adina's <laughs> 38 touched on his horrific habit of stringing women along so that they can so they can build up, build him up. Am I an excellent manipulator? He shared. I didn't understand yet how to relate to women in a way that wasn't like exploitive. It wasn't like exploitive. It was. And I would find different ways to make them feel that they that what they said I was doing was not happening to make them feel like, oh, he's he is listening. Actually, he does want to talk. And that's according to the Black Star. That ain't it. Jadina even claimed to go as far as making himself cry. What? In order to make sure that the women he wanted uh, felt as if he was apologetic for the way he behaved. As the interview continued, Jadina noted being ashamed at the way he used to treat black women for his own benefit. He also suggested that his foul behavior causes him to be angry at other black men who do the exact same thing. I'm going to stop. There's more, but I'm going to stop. Jackson, let me bring you in here, man. Listen, I... I'm 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 torn about this. Like this seems self-serving to me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? This 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 uh this this seems uh self-serving, and I want to know what what your take is on this. Yeah, I mean, even just if you don't know anything about it, like if you just watch that clip, it seems like he's like trying, like he like planned it, and he's like, all right, maybe I can talk about something. Because I mean, like, how how many people are we talking about really that you that you strung along? Like, I mean, that's that happens in dating, and it's unfortunate. You know what I'm saying? But like it. What did you like? It's like, we're are we talking about a major crime? Like, I, I don't think so, at least not to my knowledge. So it just seems like he's trying to get some attention. But just in general, like when it comes to dating tactics like this, it's kind of outside of like actually enjoying women or enjoying dating. It's kind of like using people to build up your ego. Like, you know, if this, if this I kind of I kind of treat this person like trash and they stick around. So that must mean that I'm you know what I'm saying? That's really what's going on in there. But yeah, it, it seemed pretty self-serving in my opinion. Yeah. Too. I mean, you know, I mean, listen, I said the same thing about and it's not really it's not unrelated. Right. There's a there's a uh, Democratic elected official in Maine now who thinks we need gun reform at the gun shoot at the multiple shooting uh, mass murder happening in his community, a mass shooting happened in his community. Now he sees and now he feel like he's a failure. You didn't think that when all those kids got shot in Sandy Hook? 
You didn't think when Parkland happened, you didn't think when Aurora happened and so many other places, you didn't think that when nine black people were killed in church, you didn't think when that happened in Buffalo. I am tired of people feeling this way when it happens to them. And this is what I mean, because according yeah. to Atlanta Blackstar, Jadena stated that he received a harsh wake up call after he and his two girlfriends ended their polyamorous relationship. All them hearts broken, done. That's monogamy. I've had my heart broken, but having multiple at the same time, I hit rock bottom after that, he said. Like we said, brother, this was all <laughs> about him worrying and feeling bad, and he needs somebody to feel bad for his heartbreak. So now he see. What about you understood that you were stealing and stripping people when you were fake crying of their childbearing years? I want to know how long did you string people along? Because women childbearing live years are a long time. You right. sound more than a, like a massive manipulator. You sound sadistic to me at that point. Yeah, exactly. Because I mean, if it's it, that's a great point. Childbearing years is like 20 years or so, probably a little bit more than that. So I think that there's definitely also a bit of like, I'm such a player, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's kind of just like that. Like, you know, I just got so many women. I just, you know, sometimes it, 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 it wasn't until I got my heart broke that I even realized it. Like, I, but I don't think he really that big of a player. I think he's just kind of a goofball and uh, it's going <laughs> to flop. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, you're 100%. And people need to understand that goofball in our community does not mean you're full of jokes. No, yeah. that means you're goofy. A goofball, it means you're corny, like you're, you're deceptionist. Nobody's messing with you at all. And this guy does not need to be messed with. I mean, like, let, let's be serious here. I think you, you, hit it, you hit it on the head, brother, about this guy being, uh, you know, like, uh, self-serving. I, I just can't, I can't believe that you were going on air. And I, I, I said this during the break. I really want to know what, um, you know, uh, his record label thinks about this, especially a record label that has been so loud and in a great way. Let me, let me add about women's right and women's right to choose whatever, whatever life they want to live and however they want to be seen in the world. That ownership comes from, you know, Jan Janelle Monet. And I, I hope she's holding his brother accountable and tell him how toxic this look and how stupid it is. Yeah, definitely. Now, especially that it's being amplified because most people kind of took it like that. I mean, from the second the tape starts rolling, it's like, what are you even, why are you even in front of the cameras talking about this at all? Like, because again, it's like, it's not like you were a politician and you're apologizing for like really dropping the ball on something important. Like people don't really need to know about this, but now that they do, you just kind of look like a jackass. So, you know. Absolutely. Let's go to our last break and we'll be back. Monday Robinson and Jackson and for uh, Dr. Richie on Indisputable. What's up, y'all? We're back. Jackson White, Mundell Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie. Thank y'all for sticking with us. Let's get some more comments in here, y'all. Uh, over on YouTube, Snack Panther said, not a classic man anymore. That's absolutely right. I also want to remind people that Jackson made a great point about, you know, that was a fake flex, him talking about who he used to be or what he was. And it reminded me that this is the kind of stupidity that real men think uh, that's related to what Jay-Z said when he bragged about cheating. And people say he wasn't bragging, he was just announcing it. Announcing it is bragging about cheating on Beyonce. Like, yeah. man, you don't deserve that space at all, bro. So it, yeah. it's a fake flex. Uh, or Sterling Nash had this had this to say, the whole part that he stole the best years of these women's lives. How does he know that you are not having the best years 
now without him because it speaks to the point that Archie 15 is making in his next coming. I think he's moved from manipulator to a total meltdown narcissistic sociopath. It's absolutely right. He yeah. think he took the best years because the best years was what he had to offer them. When in actuality, if you're torturing people, how are you equating it to their best years? So that idea that people can't love you better than I can is still re irrelevant and present in the statement he made right there, Jackson. Yeah, he's just underneath it all. He's a pathetic person who's always standing in the same light at the end of the day. I love that. He's a pathetic person standing in the same light. Speaking of standing, what in a red state hell? <laughs> you can take a gun, shoot somebody in the face. It's not hard. Sometimes it might even be fun if they're a godless commie. Now what they're trying to do is sneak the COVID vaccine in your salads. I never had, I hate math. Somebody say amen. I love Listen, it, man. I wanted this, to make sure. Go ahead, Jackson. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, this is one of the best things I've seen in probably a couple of months. I would have loved to have been there in person. I would have wanted to pet the horses or something. You know, Listen. it's not as much going on in the South. I'm, well, I'm from St. Louis, but you come up to these big cities and it's all this stuff popping. And they say, what the hell do y'all do down there? This is what we do down there, man. We make our own fun. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, fun has to be more than just walking in concrete jungles, right? Listen, yeah, yeah. I, here's what's funny to me. I want I want the audience to know that we wanted to make sure that you all got to hear Jackson's laugh because Jackson hadn't seen the video. So that was like a real reaction. And yes. that's what was so funny to me. Like, I, I already <laughs> seen the video and was prepared for it. And it was funny by itself. But knowing that Jackson hadn't seen it, I wanted you all to experience that, like that natural laugh. Listen, people need to understand <laughs> what's going on in red states also include black folks sometime. And what in the red state? Hell, well, black people are finding a way in Mississippi, it seems, to go on and have a good time and live life, even if people are protect or blocking them from the ballot. Even if the politicians don't support them, this parade of horses and overalls is unmatched to me. Like you said, this is pure fun. The guys up there got on overalls. They're relating with their animals. This is for all the people that said that black men don't know how to find love. These brothers are in pure black boy joy. Jackson. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And I am about to watch this clip many more times today, for sure. One hundred percent. And anything that's similar to it, we got to get them horses like some big old shoes or something. That's the only thing we miss is some big old cowboy boots to put them horses in and then we'll be good to go. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. What's that? What? I just got a call from psychology and psychology today. And they said this is actually the best therapy in the world. So please watch it over and over. Yes. OK, <laughs> I need it, too, man. I'll be going through it, you know. <laughs> to be clear, I did not get a call from psychology today. They did not say that. I still believe you should watch this over and over and it should oh, yeah. go viral again. This is just, I mean, listen, man, anything to show that black people, black, black men, humanity can't be broken by all the things we're dealing with. And it's extremely important because we're talking about one of the poorest states uh, where black men suffered the most, right? But in, in all of that, through all of that, humanity still shines and find a way to thrive. And this is not connected from how we are okay. Like this is the bomb on uh, uh, Gilead, so to say, for those who are living with their backs against the wall. And we see black men showing up in this manner, bro.
Yeah, definitely. And I think also, you know, it's a good reminder that there's more going on than the pain and the suffering. There really is. There's a lot of things that we have to address. There's a lot of uh, things we have to fight for, but there's a lot of good things going on in your life. You know what I'm saying? It could be that just that you got something to eat right now. It could be that you got a warm shower. Look, anytime, anytime your uh, heating and cooling go off or whatever it is and you forced to take a cold shower, you'd be like, oh, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But really, friends and family, do your best to improve the relationships in your life. But this was good because I needed that laugh. Yeah. And I mean, and, you know, at the end of a heavy show, this was a wonderful way to end it out. And I also think that it, it reminds people that, listen, that monster you think you see when you see a six foot black man may just be your perceptions of, of what America has told you black men are. When in actuality, we're fun loving guys who put corduroys and, and overalls on horses. Right. Jackson, tell people where they can find you at, brother. Absolutely. Check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. I do daily streams. I got a variety of programs and the membership program is set up around community service and getting people to be more involved in local politics. So it's going well and I'm really looking forward to keeping it going. It was great being here with you today. No, brother, the pleasure is all mine. And anybody that's uh, prioritizing local elections, not just because I'm a local, a local elected official, it's because how change really happens in this country. It's why the other side, the anti-progressives, spend so much money on trying to shut us down. I appreciate the work you're doing and you need your flowers right now. So take this as part of your bouquet, brother. Thank you Thank so you. much for joining us. I'm Mundell Robinson. I can be found at Mundell Robinson on all platforms. Y'all, this has been indisputable. Filling in for Dr. Richie, Jackson White, and Mundell Robinson. Y'all be easy. Have a great day, but not before you think about it.